0: Welcome back to another episode of Granny Shot. Hope all you granny fannies out there are doing swell and enjoying the first couple of weeks of the NBA season here. I've got Don Delco with me here as always. It's a lovely, beautiful morning here, Saturday morning here in Brooklyn, New York. Delco, I know you're here in Brooklyn as well. Don, how's it down there in Charlotte? God's it's beautiful as always. Not up in New York, but uh, North Carolina does just, just fine right now. Not everyone can make it up here in New York, Don. It's okay. <laughs> Spare me. <laughs> Delco, how goes it?
1: It goes, it goes. Don, I know you have an unlimited supply of hot water down there at least, right? Yeah, my
2: uh, my shower won't turn off, so I just have gallons of water running at full temperature right now in my bathroom. You know, it's a great way to start the Saturday morning, but you know, we get through it. I don't pay for water. It's still a lot of water to waste and uh, maybe just, I'll take a bath
1: later. Just think of all the time you can save next time you want to shower. You don't even have to turn the handle or anything. That is true. I just jumped in. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's jump right into
0: it. So one of the things that we started with last week was our granny quiz question of the week. I want to start with that again this week. Um, real quick on what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be getting into just a really quick summary of the last week. Um, and then we're going to get into hardened trade scenarios. So a lot of the talk in the first two to three weeks of the season has been hardens. Uh, just very dissatisfied with Houston right now. In fact, he seems to just being kind of a, a, a whiner and it's really not coming off very well. Um, so let's look at some hardened trade scenarios. And one of the things as we were prepping for this episode is we, we, we want to look at it in a way from, let's not look at the most obvious hardened trade scenarios. So we'll dive into those and see which ones we like and, and kind of just work with it from there. But uh, Granny Quiz Question of the Week is James Harden-themed considering what we're going to be discussing today. I'm going to read it to you guys, give it some thought. We'll get to the answer towards the end of the episode. So as we know, Harden has won the last three scoring titles. And interesting fact with that is nine of the last 11 scoring champions have come from that Thunder Seattle supersonic organization, right? Which is pretty remarkable. Who are the other two in the last 11 years to have won the scoring title? And again, I'm watching you. I can see both on video. If I see any semblance of cheating, I'm going to call you out. So think about it. I don't want any answers right now. We'll get to the answers towards the end of the episode and we'll see who, who can get the very first Granny Trivia question answer correctly since you both missed the one last week. Well, it's been, it's been 11 years. No, no, no. Over the last 11 years, nine of them have been won by Westbrook, right. Katie, or Harden. Right, I know one of them. I'm just I'm remarking. It's been 11
2: years since that happened, or like, not. Yeah, it's been a long time. That's so
1: crazy. 2009 to or 2008 to 2019 seasons, right? To the 2009 season to the 2020 season. Yes, I majored in math, or yeah, in mathematics with a focus on dates. So that's how I got that so fast. Seems to be paying remarkable. Remarkable. <laughs> I think I know. I know one.
2: I'm
0: trying to think of who the other one would be, but I think I think I might I might hit this one. I feel good. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see at the end of the episode. So one other thing that I want to bring up before we jump into the hard and trade scenarios, we got a email from our listener, Nikki, who brought up a great point from our last episode when we were talking about the Raptors. One of the things that we talked about from the Raptors was that the Raptors got off to a really slow start and something that none of us mentioned was that they're playing in Tampa Bay right now. So they don't really have a home court. A lot of them have had to move their families down to Tampa Bay. And one thing that I was thinking about as that happened is like, it really sucks for Canada. Like Canada's got their shit together. And yet the Raptors are the ones that have to pick up everything and move. And, you know, it's just kind of ironic. But anyways, you know, that's a great point. Shout out to Lister Nikki out there for that point. I do think the Raptors are going to get it together. And I think that probably is one of the reasons why their slow start has has started the way that
1: it has. Yeah, it would help if they could uh, have offense as well. You know, that would help. It's it's harder to score in Southern climates. Everyone knows that. But no, that, that that's a fair point. And, and thanks to Nikki for bringing it up. I, I do think, though, that for the most part, stuff like that is kind of just an excuse. And, you know, people play a lot of away games. It's it's just traveling and being somewhere that's not your home is is kind of part of it. And I think at the end of the day, once you step on the court, you're not thinking, man, I wish I was in. Toronto you're you're just playing basketball so I think it's just a typical slow start and I do think they'll get it together
0: I I do think they'll get it together too but I think it I think it's a contributing factor to their slow start they did win last night big against the Kings so maybe the the start to their turnaround began last night but we'll see
2: yeah they're always good at home too they have that they they usually perform well at home so they've
0: always had a great home court advantage yep yeah
1: home home games don't exist this year though so
0: that is true any any other team call outs from the last week Any differing surprises from what we talked about last week. I I will say that to the point in our episode last week, there's still not anyone really separating themselves from the pack right now aside from maybe the Lakers. But yeah, I I don't I haven't seen any other huge
2: surprises. So yeah. I mean just going piggybacking off what I said last week. I think it continues fully into this week, which was the East is very muddled, right? There is no defined leader of the East besides the 76ers right now, in my opinion, who are facing a backlash of of COVID. They have what six players available for the games for the next six games that they have. Um, apparently, we need to hear more information. But they're seven and two, I believe. So they've they've done really well this season. Uh, but outside of them, I talked about the Knicks last week. Julius Randall is is out of his mind. I mean, I guess he is one of the only players on that team that can that can really perform on different facets of the ball. But like their team looks. Pretty good. It's weird to say that, but they look pretty good. There's a lot of teams that look pretty good. I mean, you still have the Raptors underperforming, you still have the Wizards underperforming. I still think like this this East Eastern Conference is going to be such a shakeout towards the end of the year. It's a lot of fun.
1: My my only comment is <laughs> just with what I said on the Nets. I, I still stand by everything. I just think it's funny that I specifically said if Kyrie and KD sit and now that Dinwiddie's hurt. They won't win any games in that group the first game they played without all those all those three guys they've won a game so i was coming to that as
0: soon as i, I had a turn chance to talk there i was going to put you in the accountability corner and say you know very first game since you said that they come out and beat a six and one 76ers team i believe it was nailed it <laughs> so yeah we'll, we'll see how long the Nets have to play without Katie and Kyrie. Katie is obviously in that quarantine, uh, required quarantine by the league for at least another two, maybe three games. And Kyrie, who knows when the hell he decides to play basketball again. So, yeah,
1: we'll they're see. still five and five, though. So,
0: yeah, they're, they're competing. And the last point I'll make here before we jump to the hardened trades, I think it's going to be good for the Nets to play without Katie and Kyrie. A lot of these guys are probably struggling to figure out what their role is when kd and Kyrie are on the floor but i think it's going to build confidence and it's just going to end up working out really well for them they're going to need this these bench players are going to need these role players down the line in big games and i think that this is going to help them in the long term
1: agreed and joe harris and jared allen have really really stepped up yep
0: all right let's get into the whole main purpose of the episode today which is hardened trade scenarios again one of the things that we talked about is we really don't want to talk about the brooklyn trade we can Bring it up, Don. I know you were going to bring it up a little bit just to say that you liked it, but we don't want to talk about that one and we don't want to talk about the Sixers straight because those are the two that everybody hears, right? It's uh, the the young guys on Brooklyn, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, a package centered around that, maybe some picks and then also a package from Philadelphia, which would include Ben Simmons and you know whoever else they had to toss in, right? So those are the two trades that everybody hears all the time. So we don't want to get into those ones too much. I want to talk about some other possible trade destinations that we think will be fun and that both teams are thinking, huh, maybe I would take that. So Delco, I'm going to come to you first, because I know you did quite a bit of homework on this one. I think you've got one or two trade scenarios here.
1: Yes, I've got two. I can just list them out and and you guys can tell me which one makes the most sense. Um, I, I will say I haven't read anything about either of these teams involved in uh, trading for Harden, so. I'm I'm pretty excited about them. I think they're realistic and can actually make both teams better short and and long term, but maybe there's a reason no one's written about these because they're they're terrible. So I I'll base base that on your reaction and I guess we'll see. The first one is the Knicks. I know we have some Knicks fans listeners here, so they'll be happy that we're we're talking about them again. And I think this one's kind of realistic, especially with the way that R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall are are breaking out a little bit. So my, my trade scenario here is the Knicks give R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Tillingkina, the young point guard who I still kind of believe in, um, and Emmanuel Quickly, uh, their uh, second draft pick after Toppin this year. And then they get back James Harden and P.J. Tucker. This gives the Knicks a lineup of uh, Elf Payton, Alec Burks, James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Mitch Robinson with Nerlens, Austin Rivers, Obi Toppin, Dennis Smith and Kevin Knox coming off the bench. And it gives the Rockets John Wall, R.J. Barrett, House Jr., Julius Randle and then Cousins or Wood with Gordon and Tillingkina developing off the bench. So, that's that's the first one. I think it gives the Knicks the star that they want. Um, It gives Harden, even if it's not a team, that's necessarily in when now. I think it it puts the Knicks, who are already in playoff position in a chance to actually make the p- playoffs and potentially compete, and it'll be exciting for Knicks fans, of course, to have Harden in that in that massive market. And maybe put the Knicks back on the map that they really haven't been on since Carmelo is there. And then and then for the Rockets, I think they get a lot of young developing talent that's shown a, a lot of promise by bringing the Knicks to a five and four record this year. Uh, you can debate the picks the knicks have their picks so you can talk about if they would have to throw some in but i think both teams can benefit from a trade like that and i haven't seen it brought up yet so right, very I-
0: very very quick comment on this one before i hear your next one and then we'll decide which one we like better and can kind of go into deep dive i think the key thing that the rockets are asking back for is a young guy that has potential to be a star right so barrett's obviously the guy in this part of the trade is he enough do you enough people think he's got all-star type talent in him i don't know um that would be my first kind of question the second is is Harden willing to go to new york does he think he can compete there if he gets traded there are there enough strip clubs in new york it's another question
1: new york might actually be surprisingly low on the list of strip clubs i haven't i haven't looked I at so that too yet. and the strip club jokes seem like low-hanging fruit but it does feel like a, <laughs> a, a legit point that needs to be made when considering trading for Harden. so um, but you know, in, in New York City you can get all that customized if you have the money, which Harden certainly does. So he won't be lacking for whatever he's looking for. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hear the let's hear the other one. All right. The other one is, and I'm surprised this one hasn't come up um from anything that I've read or heard, but the Chicago Bulls, another big market. In this scenario, the Bulls would give Zach Levine, Lori Markinen, Kobe White gafford and felicio and receive the same thing harden and pj pj is included in both because he's got a cheap salary and i think whoever is trading their future away for harden is going to want as many want to win as many games as possible right now and pj is a good cheap win now guy harden setter Otto porter pj tucker and willie uh carter jr with thad williams the rookie and Cornette coming off the bench (laughs) Um, and then the Rockets would have Rockets would be interesting in this scenario with Wall, Levine, House Jr., Marketing, and then Cousins or Wood at the center position with Kobe and Eric Gordon off the bench. What you're shipping? You're shipping Levine too. Yeah, I think Levine is kind of the the young star swap for Harden. And I don't think Levine and Harden would make, necessarily make sense next to each other, anyways.
0: You have to include Levine in any trade coming from the Bulls to make salaries match. So, in order for it to work, Levine has to be in it.
1: Right. And then the Bulls also, I think, have pretty much all their first round picks. So you can debate if they'd have to ship any extra there. But honestly, that's a pretty good haul just from a pure player perspective. So,
0: yeah. And I don't even know that Levine's the guy that the Rockets are looking at saying, yeah, this is the young guy that we're super intrigued about. I think it's probably Kobe White, to be honest. But all three of those guys are young, all three of those guys have potential. I think the Bulls would absolutely. Or sorry, I think the Rockets would be thrilled with that kind of pullback in terms of young talent coming their way. Levine, Markin, and Kobe maybe a pick, but I don't know that the Bulls would do that. And I also don't think that Harden would be willing to play for Chicago with you know basically no one left there.
2: That's like yeah, that's like I'm assessing both trades, and that's like the biggest thing I take away is like Harden's main motive has been to go to a championship competing team, and maybe the numbers work out, but and like they're both big markets, but like who is who is left on on those teams like for to make any two impact things.
1: two things one is. The Bulls would still have a lot left, in my opinion. Um Wendell Carter Jr. is solid. They'd get P.J. Tucker. Otto Porter is still a piece. Sedaransky is nice next to Harden. And they still have their rookie, Williams, who who knows what his ceiling is. And Thaddeus Young and a couple other pieces coming off the bench. So, I wouldn't say they have nothing left. Would you,
2: say, would you say that team's better than the current Rockets team? No. No, no you wouldn't.
1: But I think the, the main point isn't, are they better than the Rockets team? It's that Harden wants out of Houston in general, right? And at the end of the day, I also don't think James Harden's will is as important as people are saying. You know, at the end of the day, if he gets traded, he gets traded. And you can also look at examples like Paul George, Like, did did you really foresee him going to OKC? Is that where he wanted to be? No, but they did the trade and it worked out for pretty much all the parties and everyone ended up getting what they wanted out of that relationship and out of that trade. So, I don't think we should necessarily... I mean, a lot of the discussion has been around where does Harden want to go and what makes sense but in reality that's not
0: that's totally fair like I, I'm and that's why we're doing this right is we're not just looking at it from a you know you hear that Harden's like only got three teams on his list but ultimately it's not really his decision he still has a couple of years left on his contract so if a team wants to take the swing to pull him in and maybe convince him to stay longer than what his contract is then great but I think a team's only going to do that if they really think they have a chance at maybe winning something in the next two years while his contract is still in place. So I don't really see the Bulls doing it, honestly. So that that's my issue with that trade. I could see the Knicks doing the trade more than the Bulls doing the trade because the Knicks are so desperate for some sort of star power or anything. And maybe if they do have Harden, they are in New York City. They are the Knicks. I know everyone says that the lure of New York and the lure of Madison Square Garden is gone. But you put Harden here, and I think that probably changes. So I like the next one better, but I still just question, kind of for both trades, the theme for me is I question whether either the teams that would be receiving Harden would would do it because of their concern of if Harden would stay when his contract ended, and if they would actually win anything substantial with the team that they would be working with with Harden once he got there.
1: Well, Harden's contract goes through, he has a player option and the 2022 season. So he's there at least this year and next year, guaranteed two years. And if you can put mm-hmm. other pieces you know, around him, then Harden in the East is scary. The East, we just talked about it today. East is completely wide open. You add Harden to almost any team. He's one of those guys who you're instantly competitive. Are you favorites? No, but you're instantly competitive and can win a playoff series with Harden. And another thing to keep in mind with with those teams is that when you do trade Harden, I feel like you're almost forced to play Harden ball because that's what makes him so great is that play style. And he's not necessarily going to be able to come in and adapt to a specific system. Like I don't ne- know if I necessarily see Harden to the Raptors or something like that that I've read about working really well. But teams like the Knicks and the Bulls that are kind of lacking that identity, you know, fuck it. Bring in Harden. Let our identity be the James Harden show like what the Rockets have been for the past few years and that's worked out decently well for them so that train of thought went into these picks as well
2: yeah I don't I actually don't I don't mind the Knicks one at all I think it could it works out just from I think what Harden would need if he's not going to a championship team right being drawn to New York and especially after they missed out on Kevin Durant last season or two what now it was two seasons ago I guess uh, when it sounded like the Knicks were for sure going to get Kevin Durant, and they missed out, they're definitely craving that superstar. And this is probably the lo- one of the longest that they've gone without that superstar presence on their team. It would make sense that Harden would fill that role, and they'd treat him like a king and work and play Harden ball, right, and work around him. So I actually think that's a little intriguing. And their team is scrappy. Like uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, especially with a, a wide open East like we've talked about. So I don't mind that one. I think the Bulls one is a little bit uh, shaky, but again, it does come down to do the Rockets want that, right? That hole that the Knicks would actually give them.
0: Yeah, so. I, I, I tend to agree with you, Dan. I, I really don't like the Bulls one at all, the more that I think about it. I think the Rockets would be thrilled with it, but I don't think the Bulls do it, and I don't think Harden's happy there. So I don't see that one as as
1: realistic. So, another thing to think about with, with both trades, but I guess we'll talk about the Knicks one, is I think Harden could really unlock Mitchell Robinson's potential. I think Harden always plays really well with big guys who can you know, if, if he can learn to play the pick and roll well, he, he tends to be able to unlock those guys who are a little bit more one-dimensional and they're a big piece in that hardened ball that I was talking about. Yeah, I, I
0: agree with that, right? He could, at the very least, maybe turn into a a Clint Capella-type player where he, he sees a ton of lob and dunks and he's that room protector and he's starting to get more minutes and starting to come into his own now anyways.
1: Yeah, I think he has a, a, a higher ceiling than Capella as well. I mean, Mitch... Mitch is really imposing out there when you when you see him on the court. And I really do. I do still think his ceiling is potentially Gobert level. And imagine Harden with Gobert, how terrifying that would be. Yeah, I would like to hear what Knicks fans think of that potential trade,
0: right? They've put in all this time and effort into kind of trying to get the young guys a lot of playing time and building that way. I'd be interested to hear what, what they think of it. But
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and... One more point to that is Coach Tibbs. How how does Harden and Tibbs <laughs> fit together? because they're That, playing that, miles doesn't,
0: that not. does not seem like a match made in heaven. Exactly. That.
1: Yeah. And so that's a counterpoint to
0: my own argument. Yeah. All right. So in the interest of time, I want to go and start with the I also had two that I struggled with picking the one that I wanted to bring here. So I'm going to relieve you guys both and I want you to just tell me which one you like better and we'll dive into that one a little bit deeper. I took a much different approach. So, your two teams are in the East. Your two teams in the East kind of suck. My two teams are in the West. And my two teams in the West are pretty solid. I, I do, I will just straight up say I think the Rockets probably a, a counterpoint to my trades that I'm about to present. They probably would much prefer to send Harden to the East and to the West. But regardless, I'm sticking with this. My first one is the Nuggets. And under the theme that the Rockets want to get a star back, a young star back... In this trade, that guy is going to be Michael Porter Jr. So the trade that I've got proposed here is MPJ, Gary Harris, Will Barton, and maybe a first-rounder from the Nuggets as well if they needed. Now that Nuggets first-rounder will probably be a late first, but that's Mm -hmm. just for Harden by itself. Gary Harris and Will Barton are thrown in to make Mm -hmm. salaries work, um, but they get MPJ. Gary Harris is still young. Now he's overpaid, I would say, right now. But he's still a solid piece. I think it's something that the that he's... I still think he's considered valuable from a on-the-floor perspective. So the Rockets get that young superstar potential in MPJ. They get a first-rounder back, and they get Gary Harris and Will Barton. I think they're immediately pretty good, right? John Wall and all those guys on that team are immediately pretty good. Plus, they've got the young talent to hopefully be good in the future. And then the Nuggets, you think... Right. With a Harden, Jamal Murray and Jokic team now become more of contenders than what people may think they are now. So that's my first trade. And the second one is the Warriors. The Warriors is Wiggins, Wiseman, Pascal and the T-Wolves pick that the Warriors got in the D'Angelo Russell trade. It's top three protected in 2021, but it becomes unprotected in 2022. That could be a great pick for Harden and P.J. Tucker. Very similar theme to this one for me as well. Wiseman is that young guy that the Rockets want potential to be an all-star. They also get some depth there. So the, the Rockets would still be good this season. And then the Warriors, they get Harden and PJ Tucker. All of a sudden, the Warriors are thinking they're contenders for the next two, three seasons. So those are my two. Interested to hear your thoughts on which one you may or may not like. If you don't like both, which one we should dive into deeper? I I like the Nuggets trade a lot, actually.
2: I I think that takes the Nuggets to the complete next level. And I actually think the Rockets would be willing to do that. I think Michael Porter Jr., I've been big on him for a while, and he had those injuries last year. But in the first, at least the very small sample size we saw of him this year, he had 30 points, 10 rebounds. It looked like he's coming into his own. He's still super young, like you said. I think he can definitely be an all-star. And then the support the supporting cast is actually nice, right? Gary Harris is a younger player. Yeah, he is overpaid, and he struggled last season. But he is starting to fill out a little bit better this year. I've always liked Will Barton from a utility standpoint. Like he's just a great a great overall player. I definitely think the Rockets, at least for what the team they have, get immediately better with those three players. And comparing to getting the, Wig- the Wiggins, Wiseman, and Pascal, I actually, I don't really like the the Warriors trade as much. Actually, from either side. I could see why the Warriors would do it, but I also feel like they might lose a little bit of identity and sure they get hardened, but like, what does that mean for Steph's production? And I don't know if, I don't know the chemistry. One of the strongest things the Warriors have ever had is their chemistry. And when they recycled a lot of new players in this year, right, we're seeing a lot of lag to getting that chemistry back on point. And to Delco's point last week, right. A lot of that also has to do with Draymond being out. He helps fill that gap and I sh- I should on Draymond last week because I still think he's overrated, but one thing he does is right, he helps with that team chemistry. And so when you're adding these new players, and fortunately for them, taking away Wiggins, Wiseman, and Pascal wouldn't impact them that much on the floor. I don't know if the Rockets get enough value out of that. I don't, I don't, because they just paid Wood a, a lot of money. And I don't know if Wiseman is going to really make a big difference. Like
0: like a Michael Porter Jr. would. Like I see them completely. Yeah, right. No, I agree. Like this season I agree, right? But the other big piece of the Warriors trade is the top three protected. All right. The draft pick. That's yeah. a huge pick, right? The T will suck. They could that that could be a number four or number five pick this season. And if it's not, then it's a twenty twenty two unprotected. And the twenty twenty two draft may be the strongest draft ever if the one and done rule gets revised. Yeah, that's very true. I, I think even with that though, even with
2: that, I, I like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I like the the trade for both teams very equally. Like I, I see the value for the Rockets immediately and I'm pretty high on Michael Porter Jr. So that's probably why I'm saying all this and then fitting him next to John Wall, um, seeing what cousins can do. And like Christian Wood. we keep talking, you know, I'm missing on Christian Wood here, but like Christian Wood, John Wall, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Will Barton cousins coming off the bench. That's like, and I don't, I don't know if PJ Tucker was included in that trade, but PJ Tucker would still be there. Like it's a pretty fun, decent team. And then the nuggets, I mean, think about a team that could compete and maybe win the West, Jokic, Murray and Harden. That is super scary to, I mean, that's a strong three. That's probably the strongest three in the West. Um, Harden and Jokic together would be fantastic to watch, especially with the facilitation that Jokic has. So I like the nuggets trade more
1: i I do too. i'm I'm also not a huge fan of of the Warriors trade. I do think that even though they are reshuffling players have that identity, you, when you watch their games, you always see them moving, cutting, passing around. You know, Steph is always having the ball in his hands, and that's where he's most dangerous. And I think they'd get better, of course, with the hardened trade, but it does seem like they'd be giving up a lot. and having to kind of redo their entire identity as a team. So, I think I'd rather just stick with what they have. They beat the Clippers last night with Draymond. I'd rather just ride that out, see what Wiseman's capable of, what kind of growth he can have and keep that T-Wolves pick and and just keep building from there. Uh, I do like the Nuggets pick. A question for you, I don't know if you looked into this, could you uh, swap out um, MPJ with Murray? Does that make sense? So just send Jamal Murray in place of Michael Porter Jr. in that. I
0: don't, think the, I don't think the Rockets do that.
1: You 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 could,
0: but they probably wouldn't have to include Gary Harris or Will Barton in that. So you
1: could add you could add Jamal Murray, but drop Gary Harris or Will Barton. I said do that, and then add as many picks as you would need to make up the difference between value of yeah. of Murray but, and. But the Rockets wouldn't do that though. Yeah, yeah, they would. They've already got John
0: Wall. They've got a point guard. I, I don't think they value jamal murray the way that they would value mpj right now
1: i just think that the the jamal murray james harden fit is a little questionable to me but regardless i i think i think both teams definitely consider that trade and i do think that even though murray and Jokic have really good chemistry harden and Jokic would be unreal they they both they once they got in that you know mental link with each other that would be such a tough offense to stop it already is with murray and imagining what harden brings as well that would be really fun and i agree they would likely be back in the conference finals so
0: i sort of see it this i see that from both the warriors and the nuggets perspective like i think i don't see any problem with harden playing with curry i get it they have an identity but i feel like we heard a lot of that when kd joined the warriors as well and they figured it out so I, I think they would be
1: fine, but it if, sounds like you guys Katie, like the Nuggets one To, that, to that point, Katie's a very different style. He played really well without the ball in his hands all the time, and we haven't seen Harden play a role like that in a decade. I mean, he's always bringing... It hasn't been that him. long, but yeah, I, I think Harden can play more than the way that he
0: has. The way that the, he has been playing is just the way that they were most suited to play.
1: yeah, and, and they would be better. I'm not saying that you add James Harden to any team and they're probably going to be better, but I'd rather roll with the young talent, keep this Steph's team and keep that, keep that pick. That pick is massive. And who knows what that could be. Harden's on the other side of 30. Yeah. I'd roll with what they have. yeah I guess
0: from the, the, another counterpoint for the in favor of him going to the warriors is that the Steph's not getting any younger is not getting any younger they might be thinking let's just let's just go all in all right, let's put all our eggs in one basket and just try to fucking win it while we still can with these guys here so that was another reason why i opted to pick the warriors trade to bring up but again it sounds like you guys like the nuggets one a little bit more so i actually think that the rockets would say yes to the nuggets trade i honestly do and i think that the nuggets are the ones that would be that thinking about it do we want to give up Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris and Will Barton? I think Gary Harris and Will Barton they don't really honestly care about in this situation. But do they want to give up Michael Porter Jr. for Harden? Does that work, right? How does that push them into the West, into being contenders? Do they want to deal with Harden and you know maybe his dissatisfaction or how he's really pushed other stars out of his team multiple years in a row now? So I think the Rockets absolutely do it. And I think the Nuggets strongly considered. I'm just, I think if anybody's holding that trade up, it's the Nuggets.
1: Agreed. It's it, it's definitely a strong culture they've built over there in Denver. But you have to wonder, are they the type of, you know, they have a slow start to this year. A lot of people think that they, everything fell their way to get to the Western Conference Finals last year. Most people don't really expect them to be favorites to be back in the Western Conference Finals. And with, with the hardened trade that takes them to the next level. So, both teams should do that trade. Put your nuggets cap on. Would you do it? it sounds like nu, you just said yes.
2: Yes. I don't know if I would. i would I would strongly I strongly consider it, but again, i I keep saying it, but like I've really been watching Michael Porter since he was like sixteen. as weird as that is. Um, but he's really, really good. He can score really well, too, and he he so he helps space out that team. really long player, still growing. like tremendous amount of defensive skills that don't get a lot of credit so like in losing michael porter jr and will barton and gary harris they're losing a lot of defense and you're adding harden who plays no defense and that's something that like the question becomes will the offensive weapons that they have you know overplay the lack of defense and like the defense that they're losing so like I, i i understand if the if the nuggets turned it down because i actually see michael porter jr as a multi-time all-star he is still very young and like i said he's still growing and his shot is so pure and what he's been able to do on that team just in the small amount of time that he's actually played outside of injury has been promising so i can't i honestly can't say yes or no i'd probably it depends on the mindset is like do you guys just want to win now and completely restart because like michael porter jr is going to lead that team hopefully into the future And, and you really are giving up on that for in my opinion what is right a one or two year stint and if it doesn't work out, you lost potentially one of the best players of our generation. Like I think he can, he has that potential
1: to be one of the better players of our generation, so that generation. Yeah,
0: yeah. And PJ is not in our generation, sadly. I, I wish. All right, so I mean, yeah, Delco would do it. I, I'm I'm not sure if I would do it. It was just one that I thought the Rockets definitely would, and the Nuggets would strongly consider. But yeah, I I would love to see it happen just because of how it would really blow up and create this just you know chaos in the league i'm just waiting for that first big trade of the season so i have one
2: i have one to throw out i just thought about it it's i don't even have like an official trade i have a team that you think about it's
0: the miami heat we've all heard the heat one i hate to talk heat about one.
1: that all the time yeah i don't Do either.
0: yeah yeah but i don't think they have the young guy good enough to intrigue the rockets no offense don i know you're a tyler hero lover boy but he's just not gonna tickle the fancy for the rockets oh he'll took he'll tickle fancies ryan you just wait <laughs> you just wait yeah no i i that that one the sixers the nets and the celtics are the ones that i've heard the most and the celtics heard, one, no way Brown. Uh, yeah raptors is one with siakam involved but good good uh good discussion right i liked i liked all of them except the bulls one <laughs> uh, but yeah no, I, I think they're all pretty fair ones and things that they would all consider so um, if anyone else has some comments on these or any potential trades that haven't been uh, kind of brought up or circulating in the media or any media outlets uh, let us know because these are always fun scenarios that we like to walk through and play play through as if we're, we're the GM's there final comments there guys Harden's gonna be a great bull that's all I have to <laughs> say <laughs> All right, guys, let's move into our next segment. So last week, we introduced our fantasy roundup segment. We walked through a couple of players that we thought were going to be some some big breakout players for the season and did a week three look at. Any week three summaries that you guys saw from players or teams that you think is a, a key fantasy point for folks out there? Uh, the Pacers, I think, are just a team to watch
2: in general. With TJ Warren going down, you have a, a lot of players on that team that are performing very well. Malcolm Brogdon is going absolutely ham, uh, playing like a top 15 player. And outside of that, though, you have a lot of uh, unique players that you could possibly pick up. Justin Holiday is one um, that is performing well with the TJ Warren absence. And in week three, he gets you really nice assists. I mean, I'm sorry, not assists. He gets no assists. He gets really nice steals, points. He's very efficient from the floor, rebounds. And then uh, Sabonis so, so is playing well. Uh, and then Miles Turner is getting hella blocks, so like the pace and they have five games next week. Um, so I know we were supposed to talk about week three, but like that's just a team that has really had a nice uh, fantasy outlet this week. And they're showing like who are going to be the players to step up with TJ Warren gone. And it looks like Malcolm Brogdon's taking a lot of that on, but there's still opportunity. Um, so that's just one team that like it's it's hard to find an NBA team where like four players on that team um, are like really unique in the assets that they, they're, you know, they're bringing. And uh, that's just the first team that stands out to me.
0: Yeah, Brogdon's been absolutely balling from a fantasy perspective, from a non-fantasy perspective too, but he, he's his fantasy value is higher than his uh, just you know regular on-the-floor value. From a week four look outlook, from my perspective, just a couple call-outs that can be helpful for your teams, whether you're playing regular fantasy or doing daily fantasy. The 76ers and the Pacers, Don, as you said, have five games this week. COVID is having an impact, as we all expected it would this season. And the Sixers, it's not... As of the time of this recording right now, it's not exactly clear what players are not going to play next week, but definitely keep an eye out on that. Um, Right now, the players that are questionable include Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry is actually out. Shake Milton is questionable as well. So some of the bench players on the the, the 76ers could be great ads for you. Again, they've got five games this week. Increased minutes from all those guys could be coming your way. The other team being impacted by COVID is the Celtics particularly their front court. Somebody that I think in certain scenarios could help you if you're really just looking to chase down some blocks or maybe get for cheap on one daily fantasy day would be Taco Fall. He had three blocks last night in 18 minutes. Uh, If he gets continuous run, I think you could see him uh, really adding to your block totals there if that's one thing that you just need for the week. The other person from the Celtics to look out for is Peyton Pritchard. He's also going to see an increase in minutes. Over the next week or so, while they uh, lack depth because of the COVID issues that they're having,
1: I agree with most of what you said. I I, I don't know if Taco can get more than eighteen minutes a night. He's just a, a human freak. He, he's so big. I, I don't know if yeah, his body no. can handle more than that. But it's it's fun to watch him play. Definitely, uh, Philly keep a close eye on that. They have five games, and there's a chance they're going to be fielding like seven players. So it might be a little inefficient. It might be a little sloppy. But you know, you might have some guys with 40-plus minutes that typically don't get any minutes at all. So, definitely keep an eye on that situation and see what's left when the dust settles. The Indiana Pacers as well have uh, five games this week and they started with the back-to-back against the Kings and the Warriors who are fairly fantasy friendly. So, I'd be keeping an eye on the Holiday Brothers. Maybe even TJ McConnell is a steals assist specialist. For the teams that have four games, I really like the Memphis Grizzlies. The Dallas Mavericks and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they all have uh, fairly fantasy-friendly schedules there. The, the Grizzlies play Cleveland, then Minnesota twice. Minnesota doesn't defend anybody. Um, and then the Sixers, who are a little bit more solid, but still a, a great start to the week. So, I'm looking at Brandon Clark, if he's available, Tyus Jones, maybe even D'Anthony Melton, And then with the Mavs, um, the Pelicans, Hornets... Uh, Bulls on their schedule coming up this week so looking at Maxi Kleber, Tim Hardaway Jr some of these guys that should be on your waiver wire right now
0: yeah I like the Tyus Jones call out I think he's going to have a good week All right, guys let's get into the granny quiz question of the week so if you guys recall back to the question the question was Harden again we've talked about Harden here so it's Harden themed yay has won the last three scoring titles and nine out of the last 11 scoring champions have all come from that same core Oklahoma city thunder. I'll give a shout out to the Seattle supersonics as well. Organization who are the other two in that 11 year span do have one.
1: I don't know who wants to go first, but I know, I cares. know both. I'll let I you know guys both. fight over it. Let me go first because I think Don knows them both. My guesses are Carmelo Anthony is one with a Nick. That's, that's correct. And I think the other might be Kobe Bryant. That is incorrect. Son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> Don. So the, is the first one's obviously Carmelo. Because I did say his name
0: last week. That's who it was. Uh, Carmelo has been an answer two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Second one is uh, Steph. That's correct. Oh. Steph in 2015, 2016. I didn't even think about it. So we started talking about the Warriors and I was like, How could I forget that? Yeah yeah that 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 unbelievable season he averaged 30.1 points per game that year and then carmel anthony in 2012 2013 at 28.7 points per game
1: he was doing it on like 50 percent shooting too that was a ridiculous Year he looks really good this year too but that year was otherworldly
0: he's on pace this year yeah i mean they look good A well, career high 62 points over the past weeks could definitely going to help you if you're chasing a scoring title all right, guys. Any other final words of wisdom for our granny fannies out there? Eat your vegetables. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your vegetables are important. All right. I guess we'll wrap it up for the week. Thanks for listening again this week. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at NBA. If you're listening to us on Spotify, please follow us. Greatly appreciate it if you follow us there. You can also send us an email as uh, some of our fans, particularly our listener, Nikki, this week, who shot us the email from earlier in the segment, grannyshotmba at gmail.com. Again, everybody, thanks for listening. This is Granny Shot. Talk to you next week.